swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe it, rate it, review it. Also, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And hop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How you living, kid? Living well, living well. Been uh this has been actually been a week of oh man. The gaming the gaming has been on point this week, I will say. Outside of that, getting in my workouts, um <laughs> going to kids' parties. Two yes. that, went to one yesterday, about to go to one right after this. It's uh it's nonstop. It's it's every week in a day. It's, it's just have too you, much. <laughs> have you taken some time to watch that new Kevin Hart movie with Mark Wahlberg? Me time. No, nah, nah, I haven't seen the trailer for it. I just saw the uh you know the, the preview picture. How how's it how is it? How's it look? It was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was it was a good time. It and just feels like every time I open up like that Netflix app, Kevin Hart has a new movie on it. It's like pretty insane. I'm he, must have, it. he must have signed the most insane deal with Netflix. It's absolutely awesome. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's always good to see Kevin, especially after the accident, because I got real worried about him. But you know, and he's, now, doing, he's, he's doing, doing he's doing everything. He's doing like he's doing like comedies. He's doing <laughs> like uh, drama podcasts. <laughs> he's doing dramas. <laughs> like, that's like he's in it. He's doing it, man. I'm ready for serious Kev. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. How you how you been? How's your week been? Uh, also, gaming on point and just living my goddamn life, man. Just getting things back in order my plants are flourishing i'm actually kind of impressed with myself and when i say plants i don't mean plural i mean singular because it's just this one plant out here that's really doing its thing but it looks like it's crowding out the other plant in there my zz's having some issues my my older one and my newer one's looking good so keeping my plants tight trying to be a good dad playing these video games trying to be a goddamn regular dude you know how it is yeah Oh, uh, all right. Well, how about the gaming? How how the gaming been? The gaming been good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the gaming's been good and also just yet another interesting case study in online gaming communities because I picked up that new Saints Row and mm-hmm. I've been playing that all week. And it's getting like average reviews six out of ten ish around that area. However, as you all may already know, the game was always being prejudged as being woke and looking terrible and all this and that. And this is well before it came out. And then when it does come out and gets the average reviews and has the issues that it has with the complaints, it's a whole lot of see, called it, did it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
being myself and actually being interested in the game, no matter how it reviewed, I got my copy day one. I'm playing it. And while it is indeed very unpolished, <laughs> and it's also, it, it seemed like it needed at least another solid year of development. There's like some interesting design choices in there. Of course, there's like bugs and glitches. But at the core of the experience, like it's still an okay game. Like it's not good. It's not great. It's not amazing. It's not masterpiece. <laughs> but it's also it's also not bad or terrible either. So, you know, I'm I'm having a good time with it. It took a minute for it to grow on me and for me to get into the rhythm of what's going on. But now that I'm dialed in, you you gotta adjust a bunch of settings in the options because <laughs> if you want to get the experience you're looking for, like I had to turn off subtitles, invert my y-axis, adjust the dead zones on my sticks, toggle some toggles on and off, go into the accessibility features. <laughs> it was a whole bunch of stuff to get it like, okay, now, now I think I'm getting the best out of this. But overall, I'm having a good time with it. Uh, you can check out videos on twitch.tv slash control issues pod if you want to see what I'm getting into. It's got a lot of great ideas in it. Oh, it, the only thing that's holding it back is just that lack of polish, in my opinion. The, but that's nothing that can't be fixed in a patch. You know, they're hard at work. They just put out Hot Fix 1. Hot Fix 2 is in the works. They're addressing the issues that people experienced at launch. And the issues are there. It's not like, it's not like the issues themselves are being exaggerated. However, the frequency and what parts of the game they make up are being exaggerated from what I read. Because people are making it seem like the game is just a glitch fest at all times. Your, your console might crash. <laughs> I have one crash at the very start of the game. I'm probably like a dozen working on 20 hours into it. And like overall, the experience, just fine. So there are little things that bother me. Like the the sprint button doesn't quite work right. So you can start sprinting, but the game decides when you stop sprinting. <laughs> like you could be sprinting, stand still, and then start moving again, but you're sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little weird shit like that. Just like, you know, collision issues. They they tweak the difficulty of one of the uh one of the side hustles where you gotta be in a car or sometimes on top of a car shooting other cars while you get in the way. I, I like the concept of that. However, it was just way too fucking hard when I was playing it. And I think they fixed that for the difficulty I'm playing on. So yeah, man. If you go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, you can check out your board eight dub. And you can also keep it right here for opinions and general shit talking. But AMC, what have you been playing? I've been playing two games, A-Dub. The first one I'll go with is a game that I've been playing for a minute now. That'd be Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, the past couple of weeks, I've been, you know, struggling with my, uh, like my progress in the game, just kind of pushing forward, but not having a long enough play session to really feel like I'm, you know, seeing the, like I'm doing anything significant within those uh, play times, like feeling like I need more than just like, you know, like the 45 minute session, I need like a two hour session. Um, so this weekend though, I got in, you know, about like an hour, hour and a half, two days and yeah, things, things went well. <laughs> it's just like, things are starting to pay off. Like, like, uh, so last week when I played, I got this spell and I hadn't been able to take advantage of it. I just had it. Um, and then so I that's always the best. 
Yeah. And so it's like, all right, I'm going to equip this, try it out. And it actually ends up being working really well. It's one of those, it's a one, it's one where I, I basically cast like, we'll just say a ward and it has like a delayed reaction. And then after like a second of like, you know, being there, it then shoots out a glintstone blast at the enemy and I can cast like five, five of them or whatever, like all in succession. And what's great about that is like those horseback battles, just like casting it as I'm like, you know, running around the enemy and then just seeing it just send out those blasts like at the enemy um, as they're, they're focused on me. It's a good, um, it's a good, in a way, a passive attack while I can focus on just uh, dodging and staying alive, surviving. Um, so yeah, it helped me out with one ba- with one like mini boss battle, and then I had another mini boss battle, and kind of just ran through that without that ability. Like I tried it out; it was a little weak, so I had to go with like the the stronger like glintstone blast, whatever they're, whatever they're called, and um, took down that mini boss, but pretty easily. So I was like feeling good, and I just remember that I, I hadn't taken down the dragon to get um to get this key so i can get into the academy mm-hmm. so i go back yes. <laughs> and i use that ability and it's not doing enough damage so i'm like all right fuck this like let me try out like let me switch it up and i pull out the the, the um what is it the, the dragon ability but but like the dragon breath so like i shoot out like a like fire yeah. and um it ends up doing a ton of damage to the dragon. Eh, God damn. <laughs> you, uh, you, you fought dragon with dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're uh, a lot of them are at least like the, a couple that I've fought. Um, they're pretty weak to fire. And then just having that dragon breath just does even more damage to them. So yeah. Um, kind of getting the hang of that ability. Cause it has a large, a, a long charge up because like you know the dragon head pops up over him it goes to this animation and then he shoots out the flame breath and while i'm doing that i am completely exposed and so the whole thing was kind of getting down the the moments within the battle that i can capitalize and have enough time to you know counter with that ability before the dragon then countered with its own attack uh and so i I figured that out after like two battles took him down got my shit got into the academy um collected some things and then i had to stop but but because of that i was like all right like those are like three great battles so now i'm gonna kind of push forward in within the academy and then I have a couple areas that I need to go back to and retry some, some, I guess, mini bosses or, you know, those battles that like you kind of come across where it's like, this is a strong enemy. I'll come back later. I have them marked up on my map. So I'm going to go back and handle some business right after I'm yes. done with this academy. But feeling good right now, Adele. I think I have the, the right spell repertoire. I just got that dragon heart. So I've been building up. I need one more level of uh, arcane, and then I can get the uh, the dragon bite. <laughs> and so we'll see what that is. It seems to be the the strongest of the dragon attacks. So Damn. I'll hopefully I'll have that by next week, and I will be reporting back to you, Adub, on how that is going. Just the crushing power of those jaws. Oh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, and then so the other game I've been playing, it's a new game, a game I had mentioned after Marissa and I beat uh, Golf Story. We had our next game already lined up, that being Nobody Saves the World by your boys at Drinkbox, the people who made Guac, Melee 1 and 2 and Severed, all the hits. Um, and yeah, this one is just another great game. It's um, perfect for co-op. Uh, I like top-down not going to say a brawler like top down kind of let's say like in the vein of um like kind of like Baldur's Gate in those games but uh you know but with with that drink block drink box flair and um 
so yeah, they have all these characters in, in the game, and what's great about them is they all have their own attributes. Uh, they have their uh, they have their own attacks. They have a passive and an attack ability. As you play with them, they level up, then they get other abilities unlocked. Um, they all have mana, which is great, and um, they all have different styles of attacks. And this is something you saw in Guacamelee, where every now and then you would come up against an enemy who was surrounded by, like, say, a yellow field, a green field, and uh, I think a red field and maybe a blue field. And you had certain attacks that represented those affinities. And when you came across those enemies, you would have to use those attacks to then break that, you know, whatever it is that um, that affinity was. And then once you got through that, then you can get off their attacks. And they do that in this game where each of the transformations you unlock have their own special attack. And each attack represents a style of attacks like blunt, sharp uh put like i think dark damage and like light damage and um with that they just started introducing enemies where they only take damage from those uh damage types and so you have to on the fly quickly switch between the different characters you unlock and the characters are fun that's like part of the uh the charm of the game is that uh like you start out as this dude and your first attack is just like a kind of like a hand to the face like back up he's, he's pretty weak he's nobody but then you unlock the rat and, and you can turn into a rat. The rat's a little quicker. It has a, a poison ability as, as it gets off more bites. It builds up poison within the enemy. The enemy starts taking poison damage and it represents the, uh, the dark uh, damage type. Also, what's pretty cool is that there are like little like, you know, like holes within the world. So even the transformations will um, play into i guess puzzle solving within the world as you're traveling through the game so like you'll see like little holes that you can only get through as a rat i came across uh the game is all about quests and so as you're playing say with the different transformations they have little um i guess uh side quests but it's, it's more or less like um using a skill to the point that you use it enough times on enemies then that skill levels up and then that character that uh that class levels up and so you have to it encourages you to use all your different abilities and to use them in a certain way in order to complete those little quests within each transformation class and in, in order to level up that and then you level up that enough and then it will unlock a new class on the skill tree and yeah as i was saying this, the the different classes are funny or the transformations like so there was the rat um there was i unlocked a horse so i can turn into a horse and the funny thing with the horse is that it has a back attack so you know like how horses like kick whatever is trying to hunt them from behind kick you to death yeah it kicks you to death but the thing is it's always behind you so it's not like a, i'm running towards an enemy and when i hit kick it turns around and kicks it i actually have to turn the horse around and then hit the button and then it'll do its back kick and the back kick like sends them flying of but course. yeah but because of that because because you have to turn around it just adds a little a little uh you know like specialization within that class of how to use them and then you unlock like different abilities like i also have like a trample attack which is like a, a sprint um but what was funny is that uh i went and did a mission and i save all these other horses and a, a quest pops up and it's like find like find love for this horse and then so uh just playing with marissa and i'm like i'm gonna, I'm gonna try this out i change into the horse class go and talk to this one horse what? and then and then we get like this whole side like love story <laughs> going what? on yeah and then i like that quest <laughs> and then i get like some experience because of it <laughs> so there's like little things like that like within the world you you have to interact with certain npcs as a certain uh transformation in order to unlock certain quests and things along those lines so it's um I wouldn't say like it's a super like 
um, I guess like super involved game that's very complicated as far as like the puzzle solving from that aspect of the quest lines but it is fun to like kind of like see something and kind of you, you just do the math like it it kind of falls into place if you're just paying playing paying close enough attention and as i said great co-op game marissa's loving it i'm loving it and um they're perfect um there's so many classes that it actually works out like one person will be working on you know the the different quests of one transformation while the other person can choose a different one and work on that and as you're doing that you're just working your way through both sides of the skill tree so this is definitely a game that's you can play a single player but it's a uh, very beneficial to play with the homie or the homet but a dub we got a lot of news so let's get right into it oh yes. <laughs> we have yes. an event we've been bringing Man, it up I remember you had mentioned uh, about an episode or two ago that you know there's just not a lot there's not a lot of news going on and it seems like they're saving it all for Gamescom. Oh god, god, god. Jeff Keeley's Gamescom, come, come, come. So A Dub, as per usual, we like to go through an event by you know finding games that caught our eye, whether it's something that we're interested in or just something that's worth of that's worthy of note. So, A-Dub, if you want to lead off to something that caught your eye during that opening night presentation of Gamescom. Yes. Uh, Well, I'll lead off with a surprise, at least for me. Uh, If you remember the game Lords of the Fallen, it was a very good-looking kind of Souls-like game. Didn't really stick the landing in so far as its technical design and its just overall quality. But you know, there was always a question of when are they coming back? Because I believe they said, yeah, there'll be like a sequel or something like Lords of the Fallen isn't gone. And now we finally get to see it. It looks like they're making a reboot. And while I believe we didn't see any gameplay, I mean, at least the trailer is painting a very interesting picture. So Lords of the Fallen came out in 2014. Uh, This one is going to be taking place a thousand years after the events of the original Lords of the Fallen in the world is said to be more than five times larger so a lot more stuff to explore a lot more things to do uh, i didn't personally play lords of the fallen i feel like i have it in my library somewhere but i did follow the story because i'm always interested in games that look good and games that look like they might play dope so followed that one didn't really like the way it came out and now i'm pretty optimistic for this reboot because I'm sure that they took the criticism and their shortcomings to heart in order to make them stronger and come back with a better effort. AMC, did you ever get into Lords of the Fallen? Or what did you think about this one? Never got into Lords of the Fallen. Was this the trailer where the guy has like the the lantern? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so no gameplay, but... Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty interested in how, if if that is a gameplay mechanic, how it works within the game because like you, yeah, there's like that hand to hand melee combat or not hand to hand. I guess he had a sword, he, he, sword to sword, sword to board, sword to board <laughs> combat, and uh, yeah, and then like I don't know where takes out that that blue lantern and the enemy's like floating in the air like that ah. <laughs> <laughs> taking them out and so yeah it's like kind of like the uh like you wear them down and then you hit them with that with an ecto pack or whatever <laughs> exactly uh put, put the trap out wear them down with that with that <laughs> neutrona wand <laughs> and then got uh, the proton back on the got the proton pack on the back and they split <laughs> yeah and then uh pretty interesting which is to see if it also works as far as the gameplay mechanic and that 
you see the character, the protagonist, die <laughs> within the trailer, and then the, the lantern ends up waking him, bringing him back, reviving him, and then he's he's right back into action. So, um, yeah, curious to see how all that comes into play. But um, yeah, for a cinematic trailer, it did look interesting. A dub. Yes, but MC, what caught your eye on that opening night live? Uh, this is one. This is a game that we have seen. We've seen um, some boss battles in this game. We've seen some empty open world within mm. this game, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and we saw a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with those. We saw um, uh, more gameplay from Sonic Frontiers: A Dove. Yes, the confirmed <laughs> release date of November eighth. A yes, coming soon. Um, yeah, coming real soon. Um, this one, we saw a little bit more of the action within the open world, jumping from platform to platform. We saw little bits of the game where they go into what looked like kind of like that, that, that old school 2D view, but from that, but with that, you know, with the, the res dub graphics, the modern day graphics. Of course. Uh, we saw some of the action. We saw, we saw Amy. We saw some of the side characters within it. We saw the villain. Um, yeah, we got, we got a little more glimpse of what's going to be going on within the world. A Dub, what did you think of this trailer? I was pretty impressed by it, especially after following the IGN first footage of when the game was initially revealed. Uh, looked kind of wide open. Content looked a little sparse. However, the Gamescom trailer, it was just full of things of interest and stuff to do, like the, the various levels and the, the oh man, I, I don't even know how to describe like what the platforms and the stunts and things, just all the different paths. It looks like a proper third person, full 3D Sonic game. You're doing all the things, you got 3D combat, you got the moves. But then you also have the levels. Like you said, they had the one that looked like the 2D levels, but up rest. And it's still in 3D, but it gives you that that healthy dose of nostalgia. That's, that's probably what they put in just for the people. Like, oh, it's not like the original. Uh, uh. <laughs> like, let's give them a little original and then bring them in this thing. But yeah, it looks a, it looks a lot cleaner. And like you said, they, they're showing off characters. They're showing off boss battles. They're showing off all the different kinds of traversal and, and platforming that you're going to be doing. So overall, I have a very optimistic outlook for that game. I think it will find its audience. So yeah, man. But let me tell you about this other game I saw. Yes. This one caught me off guard in a very pleasant way because I was a fan of this movie. When I was a kid, it was just so <laughs> delightfully weird and, and creepy. Uh, they were bringing a game for it. It's called Killer Clowns from Out of Space. They're clowns. <laughs> so if any of you are in your 30s, you're just really into sci-fi horror movies. Killer Clowns from Space, it was it was a film that came out about 1988. I'm sure I saw it several years after that on cable. But yeah, like these alien clowns <laughs> come to this town and they're like murdering people, but in clownish ways, like luring you into the fun house and there's bowling pins set up and you knock down the bowling pins and there's a killer clown <laughs> and he comes out and eats you. <laughs> it was silly shit, like blowing up balloons. <laughs> putting I think they were like putting people in pods and stuff. It was, it was awesome. And they were just like... These are the clowns that made people afraid of clowns. <laughs> I put it that way. But yeah, it's based on the, the film from 88. It's a three versus seven asymmetric multiplayer game. You're going to have humans going up against 
alien clouds. <laughs> There'll be character classes, randomly generated map, and more. Uh, it's coming out early 2023. AMC. What else you got in your mind? <laughs> or how do you feel about the clowns? Did you ever watch uh, this? No, so I never saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I do remember it just um, just being a kid and you know, kind of looking like one of those B movies from that era. Um, but I just never got to it. But it's awesome. <laughs> interested to see how it's gonna work from yeah, from just that asymmetric. I mean, this genre seems to be clearly successful if they keep coming back to it. We've seen it with like Freddy, and then I think they did like Jason. Evolve, yeah, yeah, evolve. But I mean, more specifically, like with all like the the slasher movie characters. So um, now, like going into this realm, like bringing in like killer clowns from outer space, like hopefully, like yeah, they'll get to just even more of those. Like uh, I, I guess gremlins wouldn't really count. Gremlins might be might be a little more popular, but yeah, like I just remember this one, like Basket Case, <laughs> which was like it's like this guy and his like deformed Siamese brother. <laughs> and, uh, but like if they went like that route and they just kept going and dipping into these like B movie classics that, that have just been lost in the past and somehow working it into this asymmetrical style of game. Um yeah, it'd be yeah. fun. Um but yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say about this ADO, but happy to see that it's going there and I'm sure there's a lot of fanfare behind it. I'll be keeping my I'll let you know everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely definitely not getting it. I'm just not into the asymmetrical multiplayer kind of thing, but it's because it's that property, I'm just. I hope it does well. Mm. Well, hey, Dub, I got another game that caught my eye. Uh, 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 we have uh, Disney. I believe they're coming out with their own Pinocchio movie, but this ain't the Pinocchio that we grew up on. A eh, Dub. What? This one is called "The Lives of P." <laughs> it's not even Pinocchio. It's just yeah. the homie P. <laughs> the Lives of P. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, the IGN breakdown: Souls-like Pinocchio story lies. A P showed off a new gameplay trailer at Opening Night Live. It gave fans a glimpse of the game's lying system, Geppetto, and quite possibly Jiminy Cricket. Um, this isn't really set set it up here, maybe except for like I guess the Souls-like part of it. But a game that I was not even aware of, and seeing the action and everything, just like all right, a Pinocchio game. But like, like as far as the way I look at it is it's almost just like more of the tone and the setting, but the action was absolutely looked um, really fun, really cool. A game that's on my radar, um, third person, so that that's always a, a bonus. And yeah, just a lot going going forward. I mean, what do you, what did you think when you saw this Liza P game, Adub? I've been following it for a while, so it really it, I'm already used to it. I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm not particularly drawn to it. It's just you know kind of getting getting out of my souls like phase or maybe it's just you know holding my energy for specific ones but Liza P it looks great it kind of looks like a mix of like Bloodborne and and Greedfall <laughs> yeah I, I got I got like Greedfall vibes when I was actually watching it I was like was this like Greedfall like sequel <laughs> <laughs> them colonial clothes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah combat's dope you're fighting against robots and <laughs> explode into several thousand pieces once you once you beat them <laughs> so it's interesting it's got great animations great visuals um still don't understand this take on pinocchio so maybe i need to get more 
knowledgeable about what I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out like what could this possibly be about? Yeah, <laughs> so why like, are they doing Pinocchio? This? Like he 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 was a boy and then now he's a man. Like it's like it's everything <laughs> like post him being a wooden boy. <laughs> it's like now growing up Pinocchio. <laughs> He's got prosthetics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's a real boy with a with a, with a robot body. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's got diff- all kinds of different weapons. You know, you got the the arm, which is a gadget of sorts, and turns into a cannon. Get your Mega Man on, 14th century Mega Man, and then yeah, it's it's got a lot going for it. I don't think it looks exactly how I think it should, but I'm keeping an eye on it. I hope it does well. And you're going to hear that a lot on this show because no matter what the game is, no matter who's making it, no matter who's for, no matter who asked for it, I hope a game does well. AMC. Liza P, huh? <laughs> Are you going to be paying attention to this? Um, I'm just picking out games like not not everything i'm bringing up is a game that i'm definitely gonna buy but um games oh, like, yeah, i'm not, not asking <laughs> if you're gonna buy it or not just yeah. like are you interested like it, is it a possibility yeah yeah i mean just from a gameplay perspective it looked interesting and then the world looked interesting enough it's just uh yeah i want to see uh i want to see more from, more of it now the lies <laughs> oh shit i got your next game one that I've been keeping my eye on since it was announced, Callisto Protocol. So there's not a lot to talk about here. They didn't show off too much, but they did give us some information regarding another system that's going to be driving the gameplay. It's the mutation system. So what happens is as you're fighting these creatures and you damage them, these tentacles come out, and if you don't finish them off in in the right amount of time, then they mutate into something bigger and better. So we saw we saw him knock like the head off of a creature. It's still coming at him. The tentacles come out, and he's just getting his ass whooped. Then next thing you know, it grows like two heads that are splitting. Its shoulders get bigger, and it's hitting harder. It's moving faster. So it's an interesting system. I I feel like they tried to do something like that in Dead Space, where if you like, it's all about severing the limbs and. You know, headshots are pretty useless. Body shots, it takes a lot of those. But if you take out the limbs, then you get rid of them as quick as humanly possible. But I recall, like, if you don't dismember them in the right way, then their their attack pattern changes into something worse. So I feel like that's a this mutation system is an evolution of that. And it's good to see that we're not only getting the mechanics that made Dead Space fantastic, but we're also getting that next level. And the demo went on a little bit more melee combat. Eventually you fall into like this sewer and the, the water gate opens up, you get washed away. And it's, it's in the section where, you know, it's basically on rails moving from left to right, trying not to hit hazards kind of thing. And, you know, taking damage eventually gets to toward the end. There's a giant fan going, doesn't avoid it. Right. Gets diced in half into the, demo <laughs> showing off that gore system and yeah amc how do you feel about callisto protocol uh yeah it looks all right not my style of game but um the people who are excited for dead space seem to be excited about this game so You're if, damn it's, right. if it's somewhere within that vein i'm sure it's going to do pretty well um yeah looks looks good like seeing the different sequences the the guy 
falling through the water and, and what was it like bouncing off like <laughs> the different parts of it? Yeah, the pillars. Yeah, kind of like sliding me, up the wall. Yeah, it gave me gave me vibes of uh Laura Croft <laughs> going down the river trying to survive and then getting stabbed through the jugular <laughs> by a piece of wood. Um oh, man. except this guy got what like ripped in half and, yeah. and was still breathing. Uh, yeah, um, had, had had some fun sequences within the game, which is something that you like to see in that type of game. That's uh, um, just very, uh, yeah, you know, like death is around every corner is how I, uh, how I'd assume like those games work. And so yeah, looks uh, looks interesting. Um, as I said, not a game that I necessarily would want to get, but I'm hearing good things about it as far as the, the excitement behind it. Yeah, death just wasn't around every corner in Death Space. It was in every wall in every duct, in every floor panel, under every staircase, in every elevator. This <laughs> is behind every door. It, you never knew where the murder was going to come from. And then, like, on the other side of the room, you hear, hear a vent just pop off. <laughs> like, ah, shit, where is he? Where is he? And you walk walking toward it, and then some shit creeps up behind you that you didn't see because you got distracted. It, it was great. I wish you were into horror games. That would make things a lot better. Let me see. Was it? Did, no, I did close the book. So it's on you. What you see? What you? Uh, the next game I got a dub is Moonbreaker. Breaker. 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 Breaker, uh, breaker one nine. <laughs> Let's see. So Subnautica developer Unknown Worlds has announced Moonbreaker, a digital tabletop strategy game that has a universe that's been co-created with Mistborn and Will of Time novelist Brandon Sanderson. Furthermore, the game is built around miniatures and it encourages players to paint them to their heart's content as they would in real life, as in real life. Moonbreaker will enter early access on September 29th, 2022. Two, two, so soon, 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 soon. <laughs> um, yeah, the reason why this game caught my eye is, you know, we we get we've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of great turn-based strategy style of games as of late, um, and then we kind of get those card games that have that give that tabletop feel, but nothing like this where it is like the straight up like tabletop characters with that tabletop setting um and what's cool is like if they still have it's a blend of the stationary um the stationary look of miniatures but then they work in the animations as they're moving and attacking and there's there's voice acting and things along those lines with each of the characters so um it's a it's a it's a good blend of that especially for people who you know don't have access to especially or like just the capital to set up a, a real tabletop and put in the time of buying mini figures putting them together painting them painting and, and all that them. stuff figuring out the the total number of their team um and all that stuff uh yeah it's um it's a it's a way it's a what i like about it is it's an approachable way for people who are thinking about getting into that world to get a taste of it and so my hope here is that this game ends up being great because as we've seen with uh warhammer and from the warhammers conference they put out all types of games like you put out first person i mean we saw a, a warhammer game at this conference the first person uh game they put out the the turn-based strategy games they put out the real-time strategy games uh and so yeah like my curiosity is if they see this moonbreaker game and if they see what they're doing and they like what they're doing, if we could get a traditional Warhammer game, but in this, you know, in this minifigure tabletop setting and to the point where you can, you know, 
paint the characters and all that good stuff like it's everything that i love about like you know just going down you know just the, the rabbit hole of the of the subreddit of warhammer uh minifigs but seeing that on the console would be you know i think a, a great marriage if, if done right and so yeah uh, this is a game i'll be following to see how it does and how it's received what do you think of this game adub when you saw it I, I thought it was very interesting, especially with how the developer was able to get so much life and expression from completely motionless figurines, like the way that they're animating the visual effects and animating the pieces themselves as you move them around the board while using their attacks. It, it just reeks of quality and attention to detail. So that hooked me in. It had a lot of personality, reminded me a bit of Overwatch. Uh, I was reading something about the game where it said it's like Warhammer but with a but with the blizzard feel <laughs> something like that yeah like Hearthstone and like Warhammer mixed together there we go yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's dope I mean turn base moving my pieces is it tactical is it oh man I love it so yeah I'm keeping my eye on it uh, do we know if it's like a single player game is it a is it online only? That part I do not know. They didn't go into that much detail. Yeah, well, I'll figure it out mm-hmm. as the days go on. But yeah, I'm definitely interested in Moonbreaker. It's it caught my eye, man. I'm always down for games with dope art styles, and character, it's expressive things that almost make you feel or forget that you're playing a game. It feels more like you're participating in an experience. Yes. What's the next game, Adobe? What is the next game? There's so many to choose from, and I want to do something that speaks to my soul. <laughs> I mean, you could get into the big one that that isn't a game, Adobe. If you want to talk about that, <laughs> the big one that isn't a game. The only one I can think of. Well, there's actually there's two things that aren't games actually that came out of this conference. But keep going. No, I'm about to hit you with one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. uh like you said, not necessarily a game, but from the mind of a game creator, one of the greatest of our generation, one of the greatest of all time, Hideo Kojima is starting a podcast. It goes by the name of Brain Structure. Structure, structure, structure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah so Hideo Kojima is going to be having a, a podcast, I believe it's going to be on Spotify. Yeah, his Going to have his podcast. Jeff Keeley's going to be involved. Uh, it's going to be a deep dive into the brain of Hideo Kojima and shed light on his creative process. Uh, pretentious. Uh. Yeah, best <laughs> so, friend. Uh, yeah. Of course. Cronyism. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I don't support the knee jerk negativity. This is Kojima. This man is a visionary. Make some of the great, the best games of all time. He's always subverting expectations and creating something. If it isn't completely new, then it's something different. Always. So it'll be very interesting to be able to get inside of the head of Kojima, like hear his casual conversations, actually hear his ideas and his thought process in real time rather than, you know, through books or through interviews or things like that. And yes, I will be hearing it because it's going to be simuldubbed in Japanese and English. So that's something to look forward to. Episodes will be released each Thursday 
and the show will be available in both of those languages. AMC, how do you feel about this Megaton announcement from <laughs> from from the Luton himself, Hideo Kojima? Uh, yeah, really cool. I'm interested in how the... I've never even just thought of the idea of a dubbed podcast. <laughs> so it would be funny, you kind of like the ideas of listening to a Kojima podcast, but through the voice of another person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so hopefully um, they do a, a good job of, uh, you know, being able to, you know, have that, but also feel like you're hearing a Kojima, even though you're not necessarily hearing Kojima. Uh, but I guess all that really matters is the content itself. And so, yeah, he said, well, guess. So that's, that's the more, that's, I think the better part is if he, has insiders and things like that, people within the industry, other developers possibly, then I would love to see that, like um, to see two minds, especially somebody like Kojima, um, you know, getting into gaming. I'm not as necessarily interested if he's going to be, you know, he's a man of many interests. So yeah. I could also see it being a thing like I, I have actors on here, I have musicians and yada, yada, yada. And that part of Kojima not necessarily as interesting to me, but um, uh-huh. if he if he inter- interviews like you know people within the industry, that part will then pull me in. Um, what if and- he interviews the the celebrities and the actors, but about video games? Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's authentic, then yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, based off of some of the actors that he hangs out with, like like Norman Reedus or whatnot, they're kind of like, yeah, I'm doing this video game thing. <laughs> No, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily like if he if he does that homework to find the the actors who are also like legit gamers that would be cool. But get Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Actually, this thing wasn't part of Gamescom, but it was announced during Gamescom. Um. Your boy. Sorry, my phone's fucking. Goddamn. Got the internet going nuts. Yeah, <laughs> They're trying to get you already. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, Masahiro Sakurai, uh, the creator of Smash Brothers, announced that he's doing his own YouTube channel. He's going to yes. start on, starting in September. Um, and what's great Didn't about it? Did he tweet his last image of Smash on Twitter? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so he's done. But um, what I love about this podcast—not pi- oh, podcast, it's a YouTube show—is that it's specifically about creating video games and he said it's going to be him just discussing game theory <laughs> it's uh oh, it's, it's pretty cool like from the guy who like you know made smash brothers and everything like that like and he said he'll keep it basic like it's not it's he wants it to be uh as approachable as possible for anybody but also um to inspire people um to you know inspire the next generation of gamers and so he just wants that knowledge out there within the world he said there will be uh obviously uh some trade secrets that he will have to hold back on and that's mm-hmm. why he said he's keeping it uh basic from that sense but he does want to get into you know just like five minute clips of breaking down certain things like why you have enemies fall at a certain speed or why you know uh, on the kill shot you wanted to have a like a certain like pace to it uh when you're taking out a boss and things like that that go into the design of games and he said i'll try to have people to interview so you know with that like if he could possibly like interview like other other developers that worked at nintendo and people like that from those lines man just seeing those those dudes pick each other's minds and what will make it interesting too is that it's a youtube show and he says he wants to use actual game footage he says obviously 
if he can't get the rights to show it, he won't be able to do that for certain games. But his goal is to actually get actual game footage and to be able to break it down, like as like as you know the actions going through the game. And so, yeah, to see that, it's like something that I haven't been aware of from a developer standpoint within the gaming industry. And so, I think it's not only um, awesome that he's doing that, but a great tool just for like one of the things we discuss all the time. Um, when it comes to gamers is I think a lot of people because they play games, they feel like they know how games work <laughs> and why. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, I was like, I played this game. And so I don't understand why this game can do what this game did or blah, 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 blah. And it's just, there's like a lot more to it. And so, you know, just having a better educated community, I think, can at least lead to some better discourse. I'm not assuming it's going to change things, but you know, there will be some people who take some good things away from this and the potential of it could lead to other developers, especially, um, you know, more Western developers, because as, as noted here, or like, as you can see, obviously these are two Japanese developers. So to see if um, some Western developers would also get into this, that that's another possible based on the success, you know, it's a copycat thing to see that grow from there uh so just an untapped uh, resource within the industry and so yeah i'm i'm excited to hear these dudes thoughts on video games and their approach to it from what they take from life uh so yeah absolutely awesome the so other what's, one what's the next big one the next big one a dub oh this is a huge one this is one we've been waiting for because a dub we got an announcement from sony 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 sony, 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 sony. <laughs> That we're getting the dual sense edge controller edge 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 <laughs> let's see here's the breakdown sony has finally announced its answer its answer a dub of how they plan to conquer microsoft's xbox elite controller with the dual sense edge 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 a premium grade ps5 wireless controller that has customizable controls mm. the ability to save multiple control profiles mm. changeable stick caps mm. a back button oh, and so much more um yeah it's uh um, the thing that we've been looking at with xbox and every time they come out with their xbox elite, elite controllers you know we got our we got our our dual shocks now our dual sense we got our haptic feedbacks but we don't have that that elite style pro controller in a dub now we do we don't know the yes. price and, and and based on the way things are going this could be quite expensive a dub <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh <laughs> but a dub where is uh so one um just where's your excitement for this and personally where, where are you at with um getting your hands on on these if, if it's if it's needed or not well fortunately i am in the market for a new controller my my packed in controller that came with the console i wore that that uh, <laughs> got, got drift uh. that that spring has sprung i definitely uh. have drift but I'm, it's i don't really care about the drift because i can just open the controller and clean it because i'm a goddamn adult and i have tools yeah. so that's not really a big deal, but that trigger is like if I could get the the responsiveness of it back, I would definitely go for that. But I may as well just get the edge control. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, primarily for the benefit of the back buttons and to have a first party high end Sony controller. I mean, I'm not excited at the prospect of how much it costs. Uh, 
Xbox Elite Series Two is something like it's at least two hundred dollars. It's probably it's probably like two between two and two fifty probably, or maybe it's on sale for like one eighty. Who knows? But you know, I've been thinking about uh, an Elite controller for the Xbox for a while. However, my primary controller it's in great shape. It does the job. So that's the thing I'm at. When I need something, I'm gonna get the good thing. But until I need it. I'm chilling. So there is an opening for a DualSense Edge in my life. I would like to experiment with the different sticks. I imagine since you can take the sticks off and and swap them or replace them, that you can probably clean them way more easily than you can clean the built-in sticks that are on the, the regular controllers. So that will help with longevity and to fight off the scourge of stick drift. <laughs> but yeah it, it's nice to see somebody finally throw their hat in the ring it has other adjustments like I believe that you can set either the resistance level or maybe even the floor of the adaptive triggers or maybe you know those are just different profiles of some sort it has those back buttons the sticks are swappable you know it, it looks pretty high end I'd like to get more details about it and Overall, just as long as it's a, a robust controller that has better build quality, then that would be enough, and I'd be in the market to change. AMC, how'd you feel about that dual sense? Edge, 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 edge. Um, well, I always lead off by saying that I always love options, so mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. Xbox had this. It's nice to see Sony get this. Um, from a personal standpoint um not not necessarily on my radar uh my two controllers are working fine right now but um mainly it's the yeah the price price point um seeing that this could be like damn near close to 200 dollars um there's uh yeah <laughs> especially with these economic circumstances yeah um and just yeah just looking at it it's you know like Having a PS5, that's a necessity for me. Some for some people, it's a luxury. It's a necessity to have the console. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when, when they put out like for me, needed a PS4. They put out a PS4 Pro. That's a luxury, not a necessity. I skipped mm -hmm. on it. Um, even yeah, and then just like peripherals, unless it's I like unless it's something I'm super interested in, I look at it as a luxury and not something that I necessarily need. And with this one, um, yeah, it's. If it's a potentially like a two two hundred dollar controller, uh, yeah, that's that's gonna make it a uh, a tough a tough ask for me. Uh, and so yeah, I would I would have to find you know just a utility within it where it's like oh this thing it will make you know this I don't know it will make playing this game a lot easier or yada yada yada. Like I've never had those those back pedals or whatever, so I'm sure having that <laughs> is something. But uh, you know, it's just not something that. I felt like I've needed necessarily. Um, so yeah, it's uh maybe a dub gets it. I go over, I get my hands on it, get a feel for it. I, I play with the profiles. I, I re revert the invert. Cause that's, that's some bullshit. And then I, uh, <laughs> why, are you, why are you hating on God for seeing the world? Man? <laughs> nah, I'm messing with you. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe I get my hands on it and then it becomes a thing where, Oh, now I, now I need this thing. It's not a uh, luxury. Now it's a necessity, but as of right now, it looks like a luxury. I'm enjoying my dual sense as it is, but let's see, maybe I get some, some joy con drift or not joy con some, some dual sense drift and same diff. And then I and then I got to get a new one. So. That drift sense. 
yeah, we will see a dub. But yeah, that that was that was a good announcement. A dub. Anything else at Gamescom? A dub that caught your eye? Oh, of course, they finished off in a pretty big fashion. They showed off some Dead Island two, 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 two. Yeah, so we got to see a cinematic trailer of a character by the name of Jacob, looking like old ass Lenny Kravitz. Not that Lenny Kravitz is old, but that the character looks like an old version of Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz is an immortal and he will walk among us. Sort of like, he's kind of like Slash. How Slash is just everywhere, but you can never find him. South Park episode, culture yourself. Anyway, Dead Island 2 taking place in what they refer to as Hell A. So it's coming to Los Angeles. You're going to be playing as a cast of six characters, or at least you have your choice of which character to play as. And yeah, you're going to be doing your Dead Island thing, just toying around with all the crazy melee weapons coming up with just the perfect method for utterly destroying the zombie hordes. And speaking of, you're going to be doing that in a very glorious fashion because they have a procedurally generated gore system. Yeah, this is joining the ranks of advancements such as God of War with the zipper tech, how Kratos would cope in a centaur and it's guts would spill out and it's like oh shit we doing this <laughs> Get, getting realistic so yeah dead island 2 it's coming soon february 3rd 2023 you can pre-order it now a dub is very interested in this and as you guys know normally i'm not a fan of the first person genre in general however whenever i see something that's a little special or a little inner a little more entertaining and deep than the average first person game I'm willing to give it a shot. So Dead Island 2, I'm keeping my eye on that. I had a lot of fun with Dying Light. I don't want to get into Dying Light 2, but I always wanted to see what Dead Island itself was about. Uh, you don't normally play first-person games that don't have some kind of focus on firearms. And while there will be a few in Dead Island, the melee weapons are the stars of the show. AMC, when you saw this CG trailer and then the subsequent gameplay reveal, did it knock your socks off? Uh, nah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know the people that are excited about it um, are excited about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just never been a game I've been interested in. Um, as I was watching it, like, I even just like was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I remember like when like that Dead Island trailer was like the greatest thing. Yeah, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it was reflective of gameplay. Games, games are movies now <laughs> based on this. Dude, if just Dead like Island movie. ended up being anything like that trailer, it would have been probably the greatest game ever made. Yeah. Um, and this was like the height of like zombie, the zombie craze. Um, but yeah, seeing this game, I'm sure people are going to enjoy it. It's just, yeah. Not not one of not an AMC style game, first person horror game that's not Doom. It's hard, it's hard to get my keep my attention. <laughs> um we did see a game, a dub that uh I'm gonna jump to real quick that wasn't at the Gamescom trailer, but it was at Gamescom. And to see it, we we watched it after that being Atomic Hearts. Oh. Like absolutely amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure that maybe because of what's going on with Russia, maybe that's why it wasn't part of Gamescom. Mm -hmm. Um oh, no, it, it was. It just wasn't an opening night. Oh, they they had a presentation with it. Like just stuff kept coming out over the, the course of the show. Yeah, but I'm 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 pretty sure Jeff Keeley was like, nah, we gotta keep that 
that shit off of here. Uh, <laughs> people might get offended. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> God damn it, people. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got an asshole. They got an asshole for a leader. Uh, yeah. So Atomic Hearts, though. Awesome. Awesome game. Um, loving that first person action. Crazy uh, ass looking world. <laughs> um, and just like so polished. So polished. And I, I, the, seeing how you're gonna have special abilities and how that ties into the gameplay like freezing enemies in the air breaking them up <laughs> smashing them up fighting these robots that look insanely like the the enemy designs like yeah just everything there is just giving you great vibes i believe like some people even compared it to uh bioshock as far as like just that feel um but yeah it's uh looks absolutely awesome ada what do you what do you think about seeing this updated look at atomic cards yeah speaking of updated i mean along the course of seeing this game it, over its development it never looked like this like before it was very like artsy it was a, it was a bit slower it still had like the level of detail and the animations that we've come to expect but now it's looking increasingly more like a finished product that's something that you'd want to play like it has a whole new attitude and style while still capturing the best parts of what they showed along the way i mean combat is fast and nuanced and brutal it, it didn't even look like any of the enemies were your garden variety cannon fodder style enemies it looked like every every conflict every encounter was just a pulse pounding ballet of bullets and superpowers while these enemies like they they don't just look the part they perform the part as well like they're giant round robots are like rolling across the landscape jumping at you swiping throwing like shooting at you trying to use their abilities on you while you're keeping them at bay with your abilities lifting them up blasting at them <laughs> setting them on fire <laughs> doing everything at the same time like i definitely see the bioshock in it insofar as being first person having a an arm for powers and an arm for your weapon i don't know man this is doing things that bioshock never came close to so yeah atomic hearts i mean for me that's something that looks like i will most assuredly have it in my library just that gameplay trailer alone assured me that yeah, they know what they're doing. This game is going to be legit, and I'm pumped. All right, anything else from Ada? <laughs> anything uh, else, Ada, from Gamescom? Or yeah, I got a little something from Gamescom. <laughs> yeah, you know how I'm pumped, but some people were less than pumped. In fact, some people were deflated. Some people were disappointed. Ugh. Got trolled a week. Trolled a week. Trolled a week. We gonna roll through these pretty quick because the AMC's got grown man shit to do. First show says, I enjoyed the part where I didn't watch any of it. Very enjoyable. Next troll says, that, that Tales from the Borderlands trailer was fucking awful. Randy Pitchford is always bad news. I was hoping to tell tape games work on it. So in case you guys didn't know, they confirmed the rumor that there was a new Tales from the Borderlands in the works. It's got some pretty, pretty good writing, as far as I can tell. I know people care about that now that they don't like Randy Pitchford. And yeah, if you're into Borderlands, tell us from Borderlands. Make sure you check that out. Next troll says, this did not need to be two hours long. Very boring so far. 
Next show says, when are people going to start doubting Kojima? This is embarrassing. In response to the Kojima podcast, just tune in. You might learn something. Might figure out why you're on some bullshit. Next show says, everyone is creatively inept. Everything looks so incredibly paint by the numbers and safe. Kojima is a bum. What a heck. <laughs> Next show says, terribly boring show. I don't know why I expected something better from Jeff after last time. And last show says, and of course, there's precious little here that piques my interest. Sometimes I feel like games have lost their spark. I mean, if you could have watched, if you could have watched everything that happened over Gamescom, if you could have just watched Opening Night Live on its own, and you didn't come away with something that made you feel optimistic or interested or just, you know, excited for the future of games then you're the one who's lost your spark. AMC, how do you feel about this action here? Yeah, I mean, there's there's enough here. I know people just want things to be bad now. They want Saints Row to be bad. They want, they want everything to be bad. Yeah, they want Sonic <laughs> to be bad. Like, uh, they want things to be delayed. Like, I called it. I knew it was going to get delayed. <laughs> like, if it's not great, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, when did when did the gaming community become the bear market? Like, just bear investors where they're just like, oh, it's overvalued. <laughs> Everything's overvalued. <laughs> like, it's all terrible. Um, yeah, like, uh, I, I saw plenty of games, as I mentioned, that, I, like, any game that I mentioned is something that I'm keeping my eye on as far as, like, oh, let's see, how, like, where this goes. And um, there were plenty of those games, and I think people just want anything that has Jeff Keighley's name on it to do bad. But I mean, it, we weren't just inundated with commercials. Like what? There was just some Red Bull in there. Uh, yeah. We saw we saw Spotify in the background during Kojima's announcement of his podcast. That's gonna be on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, but like it wasn't it wasn't anything that you would expect that would be egregious from say the the Game Awards. And so uh, yeah, I thought it was a. Uh, a good conference. Um, I guess people were just upset because they were like, oh, Deadline, Dead, Dead, Dead Island had already been leaked before the conference had even started. But I feel like that's on y'all. If you're reading all the leaks and then you're watching it and you're like, oh, like this sucks. Like I already knew what was coming. It's kind of on you for reading all the leaks. You, you, you read it. You knew it was going to happen. Your excitement was before the actual reveal. You ruined it for yourself. Um, but as far as I was concerned, I saw enough and I enjoyed it. And these people who just can't who don't enjoy video games but yet show up everywhere to talk about video games everywhere. find a new hobby find something else start cooking or something <laughs> watch a movie movie suck watch a tv show tv show suck <laughs> become a stunt driver <laughs> do something <laughs> crochet make a birdhouse there has to be something that brings you joy <laughs> hate on everything brings you joy. Yeah. Well, then fucking stay at home and <laughs> don't do anything. But yeah, screw you guys. Gamescom was awesome. We saw a lot of great stuff over the entire the entire week. And now we got a lot more to look forward to. AMC, I'm fresh out of topics. How about yourself? Um, keep this short and quick. Maybe we'll get to it next week. PlayStation, if you live outside the U.S., I am so sorry for you, but you got to pay fifty dollars more, <laughs> or 50, uh, 50, 50 whatever, fifty yen, fifty bot, fifty, <laughs> 50 pounds, <laughs> fifty rand. <laughs> yeah. 
fifty rubles. Uh, yeah, you gotta pay more unless you live in the West. Or not in the West if you live in <laughs> the U.S. So yeah, I'm sure that that could have easily have been a, a troll of the week. But um, we focus on Gamescom. That's all I got in our quick hits. A dub. Um, got anything else before we get out of here? You can check out A Dub playing Saints Row on twitch.tv slash control issues pod. I'm A Dub. Thanks for playing. Second. Second. <laughs> Second. <laughs>